Welcome to Season 4 of Fowler Who You Got. I really appreciate the support for our first three seasons. We've got another very strong season ahead for you. We kick it off with two episodes on the Super Bowl experience from various angles. This is Part 1, what it feels like to play in the ultimate game, to win it and to lose it. In Part 2, the pressures and the pride of refereeing the Super Bowl and producing the halftime shows, the most watched musical performance of the year. We'll hear about Prince, Springsteen, The Stones, among others. So imagine this movie script. Twin brothers playing football together. They're not highly recruited. They end up at a program that is really struggling, not even thinking about the NFL. But they help resurrect their home state team. And on draft day, they each hear their name called. Except one twin brother is the first round pick of an elite franchise. He plays with the greatest quarterback ever, wins a couple Super Bowls. The other brother suffers through losing season after losing season, including the unthinkable, an 0-16 year. Then, suddenly, the twins are reunited as starters in the same defensive backfield, and together they share in a Super Bowl triumph. All right, that sounds maybe a little too far-fetched, except it happened. To my guests, Devin and Jason McCourty. No one would have thought, you know, those two kids coming out of high school would be sitting on a set in the Super Bowl talking about being Super Bowl champions. Like it was just it was unheard of. So I think for us, you know, obviously to go through college, then our NFL journeys and to be there together with my mom, who's been the driving force in us being football players, men, dads, husbands, like everything to share that, you know, I think was I think why athletes compete, why we go through the different things, why do we play through injuries, to me is for those moments to be able to share them with the people you love. And that was our mom, our wives, and our kids. Yeah, mom, mom was in the confetti doing uh, confetti angels with all of her grandkids. We still, we still have that video. So that, that was kind of the, the vibe of everything that was going on after the game. How they arrived at that amazing moment, all that went into it, the winding paths that each of them took – makes her some great stories, beautifully told, and one of the most enjoyable sports conversations I've ever had. They'll also tell us what the Bengals and Rams should know about playing in Super Bowl 56 and get some predictions. No surprise, these very competitive brothers pick different sides. You'll love this. The McCourty twins, Devin and Jason. Well, Devin and Jason, appreciate your time. This is fun. I'm, I'm fascinated by brotherly relationships uh, especially twin relationships. So your guys' journey through football is, I think, really unique. We have we have this in common. 2006, you guys are early in your careers at Rutgers. And for those listening who don't understand, Rutgers was good. Rutgers had good teams. And you guys were kind of there at the beginning of that in the Big East. And in 2006, in came Louisville, ranked number three. Scarlet Knights were, were having a great season, undefeated at the time. And we were hyped to call this Thursday game. And it was neat to be at the birthplace of college football. And the energy around that, and you guys as Jersey kids, I remember they were all hyped up. These two guys from Jersey, not big recruits, but man, they're ballers. They can play and they're twins. And we had gotten we had gotten coached up on that. So you guys being a, a part of that game, uh, which I, I call pandemonium in Piscataway. Um, Jason, take take me through that experience of, of kind of being a part of building Rutgers football. Man, it's funny because we just got a chance to talk to uh, Harry Douglas. Uh, last week, who was on that Louisville team, was a wide receiver. And then I played with Harry in Tennessee uh, with the Titans. And we always joked about 
uh, that game. He said it ruined his life. But uh, that was kind of our moment at Rutgers, you know, a big game like that. Thursday night football always used to joke when I got in the league that in the Big East we had primetime games because we played on Thursday night and everybody in the country was watching because there was no other game on. So for us to win that game in that fashion with Ito uh, hitting that kick, and not only was it kind of Rutgers coming out party, but I think about uh, coming into Rutgers with a guy like Ray Rice. That was kind of his coming out party that really put him on the map and in turn kind of helped the entire uh, university. So I can just remember how much fun that game was, uh, all the fans storming the field at the end of it. Uh, like you said, it was pandemonium that night. So that'll be one that we always remember. Yeah, Devin, you guys were just getting started, but you had some some really solid years of Rutgers, which up until that time wasn't necessarily known as a place to go play if you wanted to play in the NFL. But but being a Jersey guy and just being a part of those early teams uh, had to be gratifying. It was funny, you know, going to Rutgers. That's when they used to joke that Rutgers was 120 out of 120 uh, <laughs> universities in Division One football. So, um, but I think like Jay said, I think for us in that time period, you know, the Kenny Brits, the Taekwon Underwoods, uh, us playing Jeremy Zuta, like we had so many guys who left Rutgers and ended up having, you know, pretty good NFL careers. Um, at that time, we didn't know anything about the NFL, really. We all just were, hey, we're at Rutgers. We're trying to make history, and we did. And uh, we all shared a lot of fun. And, you know, Coach Shannon really put something together uh, back then that was special that, like Jay said, a lot of us will remember that moment, but a lot of those moments with those guys on those teams. Well, you guys obviously got to the league, took different paths, and we'll get to that. We'll backtrack. But I want to start with, because Super Bowl is on everybody's mind right now, the Super Bowl after the 2018 season, the Super Bowl 53, when you guys finally get a chance, you know, to play together. And what's special about it is what goes into it, right? And the paths that these guys take to get there, I think, are what draws fans in. And, and Jason, your path was a winding one. So before you joined Devin with the Patriots, you're on a team that didn't win any games in Cleveland, man. I hate to bring up a bad memory, but it it sets the stage for how sweet it was once you got to the Patriots and played in the Super Bowl. So what was that like, you know, navigating from, from this situation in Cleveland to joining Devin in New England, how that came about? Man, you, you can't write it up uh, any better. And uh, I usually tell people I don't talk about my ninth year in the league because I was down in Cleveland. I kind of just <laughs> use that as just a blank year like it didn't exist. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it was incredible. I remember going from Cleveland to New England, that first game we played – uh, the Houston Texans at home, Deshaun Watson was coming off his uh, ACL the year before. And when we won that game, I was fired up in the locker room. And I remember talking uh, to Josh McDaniels after that game and saying to him, that was the first game I won in over a calendar year because it had been since I was in Tennessee with the Titans that I had won a game. So, I mean, just that was kind of the startup of it all. And just kind of throughout the course of that year, like you just said, my career was kind of a windy roll. And that season was the first game versus Houston. I played five plays uh, in that game. And then things happened and ended up playing more and was kind of up and down and ended up kind of solidifying myself on the other side of Steph with uh, J.C. Jackson and John Jones that year. And just going on to the Super Bowl myself, uh, Josh Gordon wasn't playing in the game, but was on the roster. And Danny Shelton, us three were all in Cleveland. Uh, the year before. And I remember taking a knee on the sideline as the confetti's falling and uh, hugging it out with Dev and then looking at Danny Shelton and just saying like, yo, we made it from where we were last year where that season ended to think that we'd be standing on the field with confetti on the floor around us uh, crowned as champions. I mean, none of us would have thought at that point 
that was going to be in the cards for us uh, just a year later. We'll get back to the confetti because that's a sweet moment. But but Devin, talk about the conversation with Bill Belichick just to try to convince him that your twin brother could also play and help the team. Yeah, man, I, I think it comes with uh, old age and, and being in the NFL for a while. Uh, I still remember um, at the end of his season, I'm like, what are you going to do? Like, you can't you can't stay in Cleveland. Like, it's about to be year 10. Like, you just there's no point of still playing football and not trying to win. And I remember the day he called me. He was like, yeah, I just talked to the GM. Uh, they're going to release me. Uh, so I'm out of here. And I was like, all right. Um, all right. Let me see what I could do. So I, I actually called Brian Flores. Uh, I called Flo and I'm like, hey, Jay just told me he's getting released. Uh, what you think? And he was like, um, I said, should I just call Bill? He said, yeah, call Bill. So of course I, I text Bill, modern technology, text <laughs> Bill and was like, uh, Jay's getting released. Uh, I just think two McCourties are better than one. And then like 45 minutes go by, I had already text Jay, like, I guess Bill disagrees. <laughs> two McCourties <laughs> might not be better than one. And then he actually ends up calling me almost like an hour later and was like, yeah, we're, we're just going to trade for him. We're going to get this thing done now, get him on the team. And I was the first person I FaceTimed Jay right after. Then we FaceTimed my mom and was like, I told Jay, I said, hey, welcome to the Patriots. And he's looking at me like, what are you talking about? I was like, man, we just traded for you coming to the Patriots. And the rest was kind of history. That's awesome. It wasn't one of those trades that kind of blows up the bottom line on ESPN. It was a, a swapped a couple of late round draft picks. But the, the, the offshoot is, Jason, you get to go to an organization where not only do they win games, you're expected to win Super Bowls, right? So before we get to you know all, all the fun in Atlanta at the end of the season, now you're coming on board with Devin and the expectations are totally different. And and you know, what was that like coming into a group of guys that I mean, you already had a, a, a couple rings at that point, Devin, as did all. I mean, Brady had, I don't know how many, five or six at that point. What was it like coming into that locker room and just being so starving for a win, being surrounded by dudes that had already achieved a lot? Yeah, I, I remember talking to my wife and saying, this is going to be a fun and a challenging year. Because I know for myself, I had been in Tennessee for eight years, Cleveland for one. And throughout my years there, had been a team captain, had been uh, one of the best players on my team, had matched up against the other team's best receiver uh, for some of those years. And I knew I was a, a player that could compete and was one of the better cornerbacks in this league. And that upcoming season at that point for me was going to be really telling because I said to myself, like, now you're going to have to do it on a good team where the expectation is to win, not like we're just going out there to see where we're going to end up. And I think that brings a totally different pressure. And I remember talking to Dev about it. It's different being on the Cleveland Browns where you're 0-16 and you go into every game. And if you win, everybody's surprised, opposed to every time you show up on Sunday, everybody's giving you their best shot because you're the top dog you're at the top of the hill and I remember talking to Bill when the trade happened and I flew up to Foxborough and had a meeting with Bill and one thing he said to me was hey you'll be able to bring a very unique perspective on this team he was just like we have some guys that have been here for I think at that point it was maybe the last two or three years that they had went to the Super Bowl back to back to back years and he's like we have some guys here that does they don't they don't even know what it's like not to win and they think is all because of them. And he was just like, your perspective coming in. I was in a season in Tennessee where we were two and 14. Another year we were three and 13. I'd never made it to a playoff game. I think it all kind of fell in at the right time. Me being there, being able to bring some leadership and being able to bring a perspective of, hey, fellas, we can't take this for granted. And you have to make the most of each moment because you don't know when you're going to get your opportunity to be back there. So uh, it was challenging and exciting at the same time. And 
I'm just happy it worked out. Devin, the previous year, the one we're talking about, 2017 season, you guys lost Super Bowl 52 to the Eagles. It was a wild, high-scoring game. They, they, they scored on the Philly special. So coming into 18, you're coming off that, that stinging loss where um, you, you guys were close. I do, I do want to get to what it's like to lose a Super Bowl game because to get to that stage and win it is sweeter. But to come short, especially in an organization that's won a couple, you, you, it wasn't the first time you, you – you were part of the team that, that lost to the Giants, the Manningham catch, that drive late. So what? before we get to the glory, what was it like to walk off the field second best on Super Bowl Sunday when you're you know this close to another one? Oh, it's devastating. I, I, I listened to Tom's post-game um, news conference after they lost to the Rams, and that's the reality of it. Like he said, he said, you know, when you make the playoffs, each time one of the team's seasons come to an end and – it's like a car crash. It's terrible. It's a horrible ending. And then the next week, it's even worse. And then the next, and then ultimately, you make it to the Super Bowl, and one of those teams is going to have one of the worst endings that you can think of. And that's exactly what it's like. I remember, I still vividly remember losing to the Giants. This is my second year in the NFL. We make it all the way to the Super Bowl. And the whole time, naturally, as a competitor, as a player, you're just like, all right, we're competing. I'm doing all of this. And then we're going to be Super Bowl champs. Like that's all you think about, like going to be Super Bowl champs. And then at that, as that last play falls and we throw the Hail Mary and the confetti starts shooting out and, you know, all of the Giants players are running on the field. You Like I remember just sitting on the bench like, wait, the game's over. Like what? Like what now? And, and then Philly, the same thing. You get in the locker room and it's just a terrible ending. You know, guys are crying. It's dead silent. It's like it's just something that was so special, you know, I always tell guys when you don't win that, that last game of the year, however special you thought that team was, that team will be forgotten. You know, no one really ever talks about the teams that won the AFC or NFC championship and that was it. Um, and that's what the kind of ending is. It's you take a lot of times you take a week or two to kind of get back into a routine with the rest of the world. You kind of hide out. Um, you just, you just feel like you let, yourself down and everybody else around you down when you lose that game and uh, eventually you kind of build back up and you get ready to go to next year um, but it's a it's a tough couple of weeks when you lose that last game yeah I don't know what it's like to lose I don't know what it's like to lose okay. <laughs> I got you but but you come onto this team and, and and Devin how much did you want it for Jason, you want it for yourself. You want it for everybody that's coming off that stinging pain. But going into 18 season, now you got your your brother alongside. Who, as you said, Jason, you've not you you didn't get close to it. How much did you want one for him as well as yourself? I mean, honestly, that last game, you know, especially as we won in the confess, like I felt like I was kind of outside, you know, almost like outside the house looking in at him, just because of everything he had went through and, you know, just the purity of it all. Like after we win the AFC championship against Kansas city, we come back the next day and we have our super bowl meeting and the super bowl meeting is probably like 15 minutes in total. Like we're going over hotel to like, we're going over everything and it's still only 15 minutes and we all walk out and Jay's like, wait, 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 what happens? He's like, like that meeting was way too short. Like, my bad, because all you guys have gone to four Super Bowls, but like I, nobody answered any of my questions. <laughs> and we cracked jokes on him from the time we won that AFC Championship game all the way to the end where we won the whole thing because he just media day, media, uh, the big media day, then the media that you have to do every day. 
he was just always chipper, excited and ready to go. Um, and it was great. I think, you know, we did, obviously we have a lot of spoiled guys on our team. You know, I've played in five Super Bowls. Like that was my fifth Super Bowl playing in, uh, in my ninth year. Like that's just ridiculous to think about. And he brought that sense of like, Hey guys, like, this isn't every day. Like, I'm going to show you guys how you need to take full advantage. And he did just that. How do you remember it, Jason? Yeah, very, uh, that, that logistics meeting. He said 15 minutes. It was probably five minutes. Uh, <laughs> they got up there and were just like, I mean, this is our third year going. I mean, most of you guys, you know, you know the drill. If any of the new guys have questions, just come find me. And I'm just like, that's it. That's all we're going to do. And he's right, though. The meet, Any and everything that had to do with the Super Bowl, those two weeks leading up, I was all in for it. I told uh, my wife, we talked about, so I'm going to enjoy every single moment of this Super Bowl. Whether it's we get there on Monday and we go out with the guys, I'm going to enjoy it. Whether it's the practice, we're on Georgia Tech's campus and the whole nine with everything, I'm going to enjoy it. The bus rides from the hotel to the practice uh, space, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to make the most of it, especially because – at that point, I had got traded. I only had a year left uh, on my contract from Cleveland. So this was not only a chance to win the Super Bowl, but this was also a chance to play alongside my brother where I didn't think that it was going to go past that one season. So, uh, man, I, I, I took it all in leading up to that game. I was fired up, uh, told family, my, uh, my mom, everybody was there. And I just told him I was going to enjoy it because I knew, and I think to what he said, he, that was his fifth Super Bowl it was my fifth Super Bowl as well. The previous four, I went to all of them and I hosted the family, uh, just tried to go down for the entire week. And I would be in constant contact with Deb where just like, hey, whatever you need me to do to help you focus on the game, just let me know, like, this is what I'm here for. And like, we always kind of explain it. It's just like, you're that kid who doesn't have the family atmosphere that you want. And Christmas comes around as one of your favorite holidays, but you've never been able to celebrate it with your family but you have neighbors that they have the biggest and the best family. And it's like Christmas morning, you just stand in their driveway and you just look through the window and you're watching them celebrate Christmas and you've always wanted it for yourself. And that's so, what a sad, sad scene. I mean, that, that's brotherly love. You're, you're doing unselfish stuff, but yeah. you, you're just looking through the window at other people having fun. Oh, you, you, Devin, you does that want make it. you feel guilty? <laughs> <laughs> never. You know what? In a way, I was like, man, I hope you I hope he gets to do this one day. But I was like, man, also in a way, I want to just keep doing this. If he could come on board, he can. But if not, I don't want to stop losing for him to win. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. we, we, so you get to the game. It's the Rams have hype. Their offense is one of the top scoring offenses in the league. Jared Goff's pitching around. McVay is calling these ball plays. And then you guys go in and you absolutely smother him. Hold him to a field goal. Um it's not the kind of Super Bowl people expected or wanted to see. Uh, if, unless you love defense or you're a purist, it was a boring-ass dud of a Super Bowl, but it's beautiful for you guys playing defense because all the hype had been the Rams' offense coming in, right? And I, I don't know for me, the year before, like you just said, Chris, we I played in a Super Bowl where it was 500 yards from Brady, 470 from full, like – I played in that game where it was like everyone, you know, leave the game. Everyone's like, oh, my goodness, I'm sorry you lost, but what a great game where I'm walking away 
like this was one of the worst games we've ever played as a defense because you couldn't stop anything. So like I left that that next year, I was head high, like proud, like, you know, this is I think they were scoring 30 something points a game and like we held them to three. It was awesome. But, you know, I get it. Everybody else was so disappointed. But, you know, you you kind of fast forward one year to be back in that game and get an opportunity to play against an offense like that and to play how we play defensively. Uh, one of the best feelings that you could have. Jason, you made a play in the engine. You broke up a pass. I, I think Brandon Cooks was the receiver. It was a, a big play in the game because you did keep him out of the end zone the whole game. But it's the kind of play that, like you said, Devin, if it's a high score in the Super Bowl, nobody's remembered a pass broken up you know, in the first half. But, but to be a part of that and to make a play and to know when it was over that that was a touchdown-saving play that was, was enormous after what you've been through had to feel pretty cool. Oh, for sure. I mean, to be able to play in that game and play every single play in the game and have an impact and make plays uh, throughout the course of that game, uh, it was it was everything. And like Dev said, they were such a high powered offense going into that game for us defensively, kind of the chess and the behind the scenes and the, the strategy that goes into it for me was what was so much fun because we had been a straight man to man team throughout the second half of the season in the playoffs. And we go into that game and we play predominantly zone on first and second down and only man them up on third down. And they really had no answer for that. And just to be a part of such a dominating Super Bowl defensively uh, and to have a key play in that game, uh, for sure, I look back on my career, that was going to be one of the best moments, probably the best moment uh, of the of my career. I've seen a post-game interview. The confetti's all over the place. You guys are on a set talking to announcers and you, you have at least at least one of your kids, I think each there, your, your mom was there. I mean, that Devin, what, what a moment uh, to get to share that with Jason after all that. And just, and, and the next generation of McCourty's, by the way, were there too. That was pretty cool. Yeah, man. And like you, like you started off saying like we weren't high recruits, like, you know, I had no stars until I committed to Rutgers and they gave me the like, all right, he's got a D1 scholarship. We'll give him two. So I think for all of us, you know, between us two, my mom, my older brother, like all of the people that were there in that journey, like no one would have thought, you know, those two kids coming out of high school would be sitting on a set in the Super Bowl talking about being Super Bowl champions. Like it was just, it was unheard of. So I think for us, you know, obviously to go through college, then our NFL journeys and to be there together with my mom, who's been the driving force in us being football players, men, dads, husbands, like everything to share that, you know, I think was, I think why athletes compete, why we go through the different things, why do we play through injuries to me is for those moments to be able to share them with the people you love. And that was our mom, our wives and our kids. Yeah. Mom, mom was in the confetti doing uh, confetti angels with all of her grandkids. We still, we still have that video. So that, that was kind of the, the vibe of everything that was going on after the game. Devin said it was kind of out-of-body experience. Jason, for you, as the seconds were ticking down and, and, and the reality is sinking in that you're going to be a, a Super Bowl champion for the first time. What, what, to, what do you recall about that, about those feelings? I couldn't believe it. I mean, uh, they missed a field goal, and I remember me and Dev kind of running and jumping on each other at that point. And then we go back on offense. And so we win the game while we're sitting on the bench. And when the clock hits zero, I, I just dropped to a knee and just kind of just took it all in. And uh, just such a surreal feeling. And I remember once the families got down on the field, uh, hugging and giving my wife a hug and a kiss because uh, we had been we had been together since my sophomore year in college. So 
always joked that she became my therapist once we got in the league because she would have to listen to all the frustration and everything I had gone through from Tennessee to Cleveland and on to New England. So uh, it was just, uh, like Dev said, a very awesome moment uh, for ourselves, but more importantly for our family and the, the people kind of in the background that have fought with us and, and done everything to help us get to where we were. Yeah, Devin, they say, you know, the, the first time is special. But what was different about this one, even though it was your third, to be able to share it with him? What, what, what felt different about you as, as you as you took it all in, you know, walking off the field with the, the ultimate high? Yeah, man. And I never thought anything would top that first one in Arizona where we beat Seattle. Um, just because, you know, guys like Vince Wilford and uh, Matt Patricia, they would always tell me of what it felt like when you won it. And then I finally got that feeling. But this time around, it was different because um, usually after the game, you get a couple of, of field passes for the family that gets to come down and you celebrate with them. But it's never like your full family. And like this time with Jay being there and winning, you know, it wasn't, you know, Jay coming down and, and giving me a hug and saying congrats. It was like our whole family being down there celebrating together. It was like being back in high school and Pop Warner, like all of those great moments where your whole family is in. That's what this was. So, you know, it. I thought no one, nothing would top that first one. But, you know, once we won that, you know, it's, it's my favorite Super Bowl win, uh, which feels great to even be able to say. Uh, but it was it was definitely special. Devin, you talked about that that special one over Seattle that ended a 10-year Super Bowl drought for the Patriots. They'd won a bunch early with Brady, but it had been 10 years. So for those of us that don't understand what it's like to be in those moments and playing the ultimate game in the sport you love and playing a game that great because, you know, the Seahawks are driving, Russell Wilson's got the ball, and, and people remember Malcolm Butler, a guy that you, you're, you're in the defensive secondary with him, makes a, a goal line interception to seal it, one of the great plays that's ever happened. And what is it like in the huddle, in your head, as a defender in one of those kind of final drives when you know you got to get a stop and then, and then it happens? Uh, I'll never forget, uh, Flo, Flo's used to say this, Brian Flores, and he's my uh, position coach, he used to always tell us when we got into the big playoff games, he used to always tell us, there's going to be moments in the game where it's going really well and you're going to start saying like, man, when that confetti falls or like when I grab the trophy, you're going to start thinking ahead. He says there's going to be bad moments where you're sitting there like, oh, man, I can't believe we blew this. Like and like all of those moments happen in that Seattle game, you know, with Jules scores that go ahead touchdown and you're like, man, we're about to win. And then uh, Curse makes the crazy catch down the sideline. And I'm like, man, I can't believe, again, another crazy catch, about to lose. And he used to tell us, but just, just remember, next play, next play. And that's what it was. You kind of just keep going, next play. And, you know, they Marshawn Lynch runs the ball. Somehow Hightower spins back and, like, gets a shoulder on Marshawn Lynch's knee to even get him down at the one-yard line. And then Malcolm, you know, jumps a play that uh, he got beat on in practice a few days before, and here you got a guy who's a, a tryout player who ends up being like our fifth or sixth corner on the team back in training camp, ends up being the star of Super Bowl 49. And then I'll never forget the next year in OTAs, Brady starts just getting on Malcolm One OTA practice about, you ever heard of guys that win Super Bowl MVP or make key plays in the Super Bowl? Yeah, because we never hear about them again. It starts just challenging 
Malcolm. And the best part is Malcolm ends up going on to be a Pro Bowl player um, and just a great corner in this league. Um, and it all started from him making that great play, um, really just going next play at his time. That's awesome. That's a great recollection. All right. Bengals and Rams. Devin, I'll start with you because the, the Bengals players, a lot of them have not been in this situation. A lot of them are young. A lot of them have been on some really bad teams. Now they get their moment. What do they not yet know about the Super Bowl experience, whether it's a lead up to it or, or playing in the game that they're going to need to find out? Um, one of the biggest things I'll say is football is football. So once they get out there, they'll just play and be fine. Um, but I think one of the things that you always need to realize is there's a football game at the end of all of this. There's a lot. I mean, when I say a lot, there's a lot of hoopla, you know, interviews the whole week before you even get down uh, to L.A. You're going to be talking about the past games that just happened, the season. Like you're going to talk about so many things and there's going to be companies asking you to do stuff. It, it's just going to be so much stuff between now and game time that it's so easy to forget man, what do I usually do on Tuesday as far as getting ahead in my film study? What are the cut-ups I watch? Hey, do we usually meet as a group? Like all of those little things that you usually do because your week is already kind of in routine for you, those are the things you need to do. Those are the things, the new things that you might need to do when you get to LA. Hey guys, like let's get together Monday night. Let's get together Wednesday. Like some of those small things are always, I mean, every game I've ever played in, is the difference of winning the Super Bowl and losing. The first time I went, no idea about any of this. And um, as I went, you know, a couple more times, the second time, you kind of realize those are the things that you can do to separate yourself because both teams are going through it. So hopefully they do those things to give them, uh, themselves a chance to win the game. Jason, in this Bengals-Rams matchup, you can relate probably more to the Cincinnati side of things because mm -hmm. you know you, you you didn't come into the Super Bowl with a bunch of success. The Bengals are an organization that have been kicked around for a long time. Now, improbably, after doing a great job in the playoffs, you go to Arrowhead and you come from, what, 18 down. I mean, what do those guys have in store? What are they going to experience for being in the ultimate game that they don't realize yet? Man, you're going to experience what it feels like to now be on top for so long you've had to fight and you even for them in the playoffs they've been the underdog they had to go to Nashville and beat the Titans the number one team in the AFC then they had to go like you said to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs the number two team on the AFC and now you're going into a game where you may still be the underdog but at the same time everybody's now celebrating you no one's talking down on you everybody's telling you now how good you are and I think for me, my advice would be to them is, man, take it all in. I'm not saying you believe in the hype, but enjoy that process. Enjoy those two weeks, uh, like Dev said. Enjoy the hoopla. Enjoy the media, all of those things. But still be able to focus on the game and know the task at hand. But, man, have fun, man. It's a special moment. We grow up, for all of us that love football, you grow up as kids. I remember watching the Cowboys and the Steelers in the Super Bowl and having a fun wager of $5. Uh, on uh, betting for the Cowboys with my mom. You grow up watching this game, halftime performance, everything that goes around at the commercials, and you're actually going, going to be playing in it. Don't take that too lightly, uh, and don't make the moment way bigger than you have to, have to make it. Just enjoy that process and enjoy each moment of it. And, Devin, on the Rams' side, you can relate more. We just talked about the game where you, you stopped them, smothered them a few years ago. So some of the veteran players, Aaron Donald and others, have been this close 
and you guys shut them down. Now they come back. There's a different kind of hunger as you as you went through losing one before you finally got to win one. Yeah, that, they're going to be a determined group. I still remember in 2014 when we beat the Colts in the AFC Championship um, and our whole sideline, you know, you had guys celebrating, going crazy. And there was a group of us that was just sitting there like, this isn't what we want. You know, and, you know, it, like Jay said, you want to enjoy the moment, but I think you're going to see two sides of this. You're going to see a team like Cincy that's enjoying the moment, and you're going to see some of that leadership of the Rams really kind of shutting down probably some of the celebrations and saying, hey, we only want to celebrate this one game. We want to win this game and celebrate because if not, all of the celebration we're doing leading up to it is not going to matter. And I remember that because, like, I was that guy in 14 after losing in the Super Bowl in 2011 then losing in, in back-to-back AFC championship games. I was that guy that was like, man, it's only going to matter if we win this last game. Um, so I think you're going to see Aaron Donald – you're going to see some of those other guys, the Robert Woods, even though he's not out there, the Cooper Cups who couldn't play against us. Those guys that experience being at the top and falling short, I think they're really going to take that team and say, hey, we've been there before. This only matters if we come away with the ring that we want. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see that battle of kind of wills go head to head. Ask this to each of you guys. First of all, Devin, you got a picture of you and your brother. I believe that's you guys were together in a frame over your <laughs> left shoulder on the wall. I said, that's a nice background for this. Uh, I see some other memorabilia. I see a football back there. But when you guys sit around, you know, in the rocking chair decades from now and, and your, your kids are all grown, what do you think, Jason, you're going to reflect on, on that moment, you know, going back to Atlanta and with the confetti on the ground and being able to share a Super Bowl championship? What do you think you'll say? Man, oh, I think that'll be a, a lesson of overcoming adversity. And I think that, that would be the perspective that I would talk to him about. Of You just never know what's on the other side. If you can put your head down and continue to be in the moment and continue to work. And I would say that was what my journey and what my process was. Uh, 203rd pick of the draft in 2009, uh, go to a Tennessee team that just came off a 13-3 and record and think, I've just joined a hot franchise and we're about to just continue to take off and just have losing season after losing season. But in the midst of a losing season, being able to continue to work on myself as a pro and as a player and just continue to be at the top of my game. And then like you, how we started, you go from Cleveland 0-16 to winning a Super Bowl a year later. And it's almost like those little pictures you see where uh, there's a farmer or something, he's working, he's working on the ground, he's working on the ground. And he can't see any success or he can't see what he's doing it for. And they show underground the roots of that tree or the roots of what he's working on is dug so deep because that's the success on the other side. And we can't always see it. And I think that's what I would use that Super Bowl victory for is sometimes in the middle of the storm, in the middle of adversity, you can't find your way out. But if you kind of stay in the moment, even to take it back to the 2006 Rutgers team, if you continue to chop in the middle of the forest tree by tree, the next thing you know, you'll be assured and you'll be exactly uh, where you want to be. Man, that's a powerful message. That's perfectly delivered. Um, Devin, when you think about those those four hours of your life that so much in your life goes into and you have a lot of life after that, what do you think you'll reflect about when you sit on the rocking chair? Well, first thing I tell my kids is I was better than my twin brother. So I'll tell his kids and my kids I was the better one. Um, but I, I'll get a chance to reflect on 
Um, having the opportunity uh, to come into a pressure situation, I, I always say, you know, there's a core group of guys that got there around the 2010 time, you know, myself, Gronk, Julian Edelman, Pat Chung, Hightower. Um, we came in there and, you know, like Jay said, we got to New England. So it was like, all right, guys, we just jumped on board to win a Super Bowl and here we go. And like you said, Chris, it was a 10 year drought. So, you know, we were a part of a lot of those seasons of getting close and failing. Um, and I just remember, you know, having that core group of guys of all of us kind of looking at each other saying, like, I don't, I'm having conversations with uh, Matt Slater. Like, we don't want to be that group that everyone looks and is like, hey, man, those other guys won before you and you guys just you weren't good enough. Um, and to me, that that was the definition and define me as a professional and my professional career was we found a way through losing, through being close, having the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. It was really up to the rest of us. Like we already knew Tom could do it. Um, and for me, it was how can I got to see how a group of guys can come together to lead different groups of men on offense, defense and special teams and will ourselves to, to win by learning from guys above us, the Vince Wilfers, the Tom Brady's, the Logan Mankins, and then ultimately transforming and becoming something and making something of our own because of the guys and the giants above us who did it before us. And we got to talk to them and learn from them and then do something special after. Um, I'll always be able to reflect on something um, that, you know, is hard to do, go and, and play with the greats, the Bill Belichick's, the Tom Brady's, the Mr. Crafts, and have to define and pitch out your own role uh, was something that a group of us got to do that I really enjoyed. And um, we'll always miss uh, those guys getting a chance to compete with them when it's all said and done. I wonder if guys who play in Super Bowls watch them in a different way. Uh, Jason, you think you'll watch the Bengals and the Rams and reflect and be happy for the group that gets to experience that or like, screw it, we're not in there, so I don't care. I got something else to do on Sunday. I mean, do you have a prediction in the game? Yeah, I, I always watch it differently, and that's any championship. I remember after we won watching the NBA Finals and watching, I think I might have been, I think it was the year maybe Toronto won, and watching and like, man, I know exactly what it's like to know that that ring is coming. Or you just, I feel like now I can relate, and I think some of it was just my trash talk to different people that I was finally a, a champion in, in that aspect. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going for uh, the Rams, and it's more because, I think for years of going against uh, Matthew Stafford, I've always thought he was one of the better quarterbacks in our league, uh, but didn't do a ton of winning. So didn't really get uh, his flowers and his credit the way he should have been. Uh, it's been fun for me just as a competitor, having to compete against him and now watching him uh, go to L.A. and go to Rams and getting his chance uh, to play in the Super Bowl. I, I'm, I'm rooting for those guys and we'll be uh, excited to see them win. Uh, Burrow, he, he has years to come uh, where he'll get there. That's that's well said. See, I, you would have gone for the dude who got knocked around, paid his dues, and never used to I, I get that. I get that, Jason. Devin, what about you? Yeah, it's fun watching games, too, because I always think about, like, the notes and stuff that we talk about. So I'm always interested how the first half goes compared to the second half. Like, it's usually a lot of times two totally different games. Uh, a lot of times when you watch. So it, it's very exciting. I'll be watching. I uh, love watching good football and um I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Cincy because one of the reasons I can't pick what Jay just picked. So uh, I think Cincy, you know, I think everyone is going to worry about experience, uh, but I don't think it matters once you go out there and play football. And I think Cincy has enough um, 
just drive and determination. I think they're backed by a city uh, like you spoke about that's hungry to win. Um, and it's going to be fun to see some of these young dogs get out there and just go and have fun. And uh, I think hopefully it lives up to the rest of these playoff games we've watched because, I mean, we've gotten to watch some great football. Uh, so hopefully it's another great game, Super Bowl Sunday. You guys have been forged by a lot of experiences, deliver powerful messages, great role models. I appreciate that very much. You use the platform that you've got from success in the NFL to do things like mentoring kids. I know it's important to both of you, Jason, and raising awareness for sickle cell. So, um, you know, being well-rounded and using football to, to do good for people, I know is important to both of you. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, something that I think our mom instilled in us at a young age, and it's something that we've been very passionate about. Uh, whether it's free football camps or uh, blood drives or 5K walks to benefit single cell or just going to donate your time to be able to talk to somebody or spend time with somebody. Uh, it's been tremendous, I think, for us kind of individually to watch one another continue to get out there in the community. I know when I got to New England, watching Dev uh, with all the social justice stuff, step in front of the team and be able to lead uh, a, group, a group of men in a direction that everybody didn't know which way to go but people having a desire to want change and to be a, a part of that change and him kind of leading that and, and pushing people and inspire and really challenging everybody to get involved and not only to talk about it. It's been fun to watch each of us not only grow on the field, but watch us grow uh, off the field as we try to impact our communities. Far less important, but Devin, who's going to be the best broadcaster? You guys are both incredibly gifted. <laughs> so when, it, when it's all said and done, it's time to make that step into the booth. Who, who's going to be the better announcer? To... <laughs> well, I'm going to take being better at football and knowledge uh -huh. and then just, you know what I mean, leave him in the dust. Uh, but I, I'll keep bringing him along. I got him one Super Bowl ring. Why not help him get something else? <laughs> I love brotherly relationships. Jason, your turn. <laughs> no, there's no way. I mean, like you said, he's the one who has the all pros or pro bowls. We go whatever we go into after football. I'm gonna make sure I come out on the but on the better end, so I can say hey, he had that. But hey, for longer this amount of time, I was the one that was better than that. That football stuff only lasted a little over a decade. It was the rest of our lives where I was winning. Competitors to the end, man. I love it, but the love <laughs> comes through as well. You you guys have been enormous. This this is a been a hell of a lot of fun, and I know people are gonna enjoy listening to it very much. So thank you for taking the time, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Chris. Yeah, appreciate you. Man, that I enjoy that. Very grateful to Devin and Jason. Not just superb players, but great examples, role models. They each were given honorary doctorates from Rutgers where they delivered a combo commencement speech. Both were named captains for the Patriots in the 2020 season. How cool is that? Now, in part two of our Super Bowl experience, I've got Super Bowl head referee John Perry, who takes us behind the scenes of the official's world leading up to Super Sunday and tells us about the spiritual night that led him to call his only perfect game. And also, my good buddy Charles Copland, who was the NFL executive in charge of six Super Bowl halftime shows. He'll take us backstage for great stories about Prince, Bruce Springsteen, the Rolling Stones, Tom Petty, Paul McCartney, Jay-Z, U2, and more. So keep an eye out for that. As always, thanks to my co-executive producer, Jennifer Dempster, and to Jason Weichelt for his editing skills. I'll talk to you very soon for part two.